Hello, Texans. Welcome to the program. It's this show that keeps you up to date with your Houston Texans. It's called Texans All Access, as you know, and it's right here from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. Mark Vandermeer with you tonight, joined by John Harris and a cast of many. D.P. Sidhu is going to catch up with Brian Peters and also Drew Doherty will be on the show. And we've got Brennan Scarlett, Angelo Blackson. I mean, we're loaded tonight, Johnny, ready to rock. We are deep into camp. And by deep, I mean it's almost done, actually. Camp yeah. really sort of breaks this week. They're in a regular season mode. You know, one thing that tipped me off to this was the fact that they had the scout team going today. Yeah. They had the scout team jerseys on today. This this is really going according to script. I don't know if it's just because we know Bill O'Brien so well or we just kind of had a hunch this was how it was going to go. But We've kind of been on it from the beginning. We thought first couple of weeks, you go to the Greenbrier, you get the game Kansas City, you come home, you got these practices. Yeah, the starters, because they're going to get practice, probably won't play games one and two. But game three, they'll probably treat it a little bit more like a game week, so they're, they're accustomed to that by the yep. time September 9th rolls around or the week of September 9th rolls around. And that's pretty much what they've done. And J.J. was at the podium today, and he was asked about that. And he said, I hope I get to play some plays on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So my guess is that, we're probably going to see 99 and 90 yep. and Tyron Matthew for the first time as a text. I think we're going to see those guys. Not for very long, right? but I do think that we're going to see those guys, which would be kind of nice. Get their toes in the water at yes. least, and that's why you want to be tuning in. 3 o'clock on Saturday right here, noon with Texans Countdown, presented by FCL Dental and on ABC 13. The game broadcast, 3 o'clock kickoff. So looking forward to that from L.A. at the revamped Coliseum. Did we talk about that yesterday a bunch? Because I remember talking about it off the air, so we did talk about it on the air. Good. That was covered. Now, other things from practice today. Bryce Jones is back. He is. He was with this team before, and now he's back, and he's going to try to make the squad. Josh Thornton had to be put on waived injured right? because he got dinged up in the game on Saturday, so yeah. Jones will get a shot. I mean, right now he's a camp body, but we'll see how that goes. And Look, he comes into a place that he's familiar with. That that can help, so mm-hmm. there he's going to be familiar with some of the various calls. But secondary coach is different, defense coordinator is different. So from that standpoint, the organization knows him, and the coaches do know him. I mean, Anthony Midget was coaching the secondary last year, so he does know Bryce. But he's going to come in and, like you said, compete for a spot. And he's got he's got Saturday to run down to special teams and do some things yeah. defensively. And he's going to, I would imagine. Even if those guys, the the starters, get some reps, it's one series. Mm-hmm. I would think max. Maybe maybe two if it's a three and out, maybe. But they're not going to get much time. So you're going to get to that same. They've gotten to the threes in the first half. Yeah. So I would imagine Bryce is going to be able to go out there and show some of the things that he can do. And it's unfortunate for Josh. And This is the one thing, Mark, I, the, I this is the part of the, the business of football that I hate. Josh was having a pretty good camp. He yeah. strung together a really nice game against Kansas City. He had a couple of nice practices against the Niners. And then he gets hurt late in training camp, and there's nothing really that, that he can do. Now, the flip side of that is, is if he does revert to IR, then he gets to be around for, uh, you know, for a full year. So right. he gets to be around here. And Wait, can they place him on injured reserve from where he is now, though? I, I don't think know. they almost have to sign him again or something. But here's the you're other right, thing. Right, right. No, you're I right. I think the worst case for Thornton is he could be one of those guys, once he gets healthy, trying out for teams on Tuesday, maybe even here. Sure. They know him here. Right. And if he gets healthy again, they can re-sign him. That, that can happen. I, I, I don't know. the. I remember last year Deontay Gray was a wide receiver. He got hurt early in camp, and they reverted him to IR. 
mm-hmm. and that was early in camp. So right. I think you can revert somebody. And I'm not 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 saying that that's what's going to happen with Josh, but. Right. A lot of times when you see that waived injured designation, that is what happens. It's procedural to go through that. But when I saw that Bryce Jones was coming here, I didn't know the corresponding transaction. Oh, you didn't know. So I'm thinking, oh, man, Kevin Johnson. I Ooh, thought it was something having to do yeah, with Kevin. Yeah, yeah. And then I saw it was Josh. And it, well, around here, you, t- you kind of expect the worst sometimes because um, you think, I mean, after know, everything they've been yeah. through, oh, my gosh. But and yeah. it, it's unfortunate, but sometimes that's your first reaction. But thank goodness it's not Kevin Johnson. He's okay. Yeah, and I hate it for Josh, but yep. Josh had, had, you know, was with the team last year in practice squad. He and Bryce were in practice squad last year. So hopefully they can get Josh back in the building and get him on IR and, and do some work with him and keep him around because he had shown some things this training camp. And I'm not saying that's what the plan was. Oh, he's just slightly nicked up and we're just going to hide him on injured reserve. I wouldn't be surprised if there are some NFL teams that do that. I don't know if the Texans have ever done that before, but mm. there are some times that an injury ends up being advantageous in some sense, that a guy gets an opportunity to stick around the building and just show what he knows cerebrally, how his, what his work ethic is, and you just get to know a guy a little bit more. And then he comes off the injured reserve and ends up having a decent career, sticks around for a few years. and Who knows what can happen once that goes on. But either way, the transaction is Bryce Jones stepping in, Good-looking athlete. I liked him last year. Just didn't have the opportunity to get him to 53, and he's got what a week and a half to do that. Well, like I said, we're deep in a camp, and I said it was Tuesday, which it is, but it's game week Wednesday, oh, Johnny, no. because oh, Saturday gosh. is Sunday. So there you go. And then next week it all goes very quickly because you have oh, the yeah. kickoff luncheon on Tuesday at the Hilton Americas downtown, right. and then the game with the Cowboys a week from Thursday, 7 o'clock. So – That'll be here at NRG Stadium. This sounds weird. That's one of my favorite weeks of the year for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's now Rice University plays a game this Saturday, but typically the college football season opens that following week. Oh, is Rice playing this Saturday? They play this Saturday. Where? This Saturday. I think it's Prairie View, if I remember correctly. So so the game is on Saturday with the Rams. We come back on that Sunday. All of a sudden, it's college football week Mm -hmm. one. So college football is ready to kick off with some great games, Michigan, Notre Dame, Miami, LSU. And then we've got Ole Miss, Texas Tech here for the Advocate Texas kickoff here at the end of the week. So we've got the luncheon. Then we've got the game Thursday against the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. And luckily all this is happening here. And then we've got the the Ole Miss, Texas Tech game. And you have the kickoff of the college football season. And you get the roster to 53. And then once you get to Sunday, it's game week for the NFL for us. Huge. All right, now Rice will play at home Saturday at 6. So you can watch the Texans, listen to the Texans, then go over and catch Rice and Prairie View. And the following week, Rice will host the University of Houston. And then they go to Hawaii the week after that. This is going to be interesting It's not an easy schedule, but going going to Hawaii is always – I remember no. talking to multiple coaches going to Hawaii. It's not good. It's I, not good. I'm sorry. Do you remember? Do you remember? Uh, it's tough. Do you remember a quarterback by the name of Kellen Moore played at Boise State? Yeah, of course. So I was talking to Chris Peterson. This is a few years ago, and and I asked him kind of off the air. I said, I said, Coach, how just out of curiosity, how, how tricky is that that trip to to uh, to uh, Hawaii? He was like, Oh, he goes, Let me tell you. If you ever get a chance to talk to Kellen Moore, he'll tell you. So we did the very next year. We had a chance to talk to Kellen Moore, and we had him on the air with us, and we were talking about we were talking about different things. And I said, Kellen, what about that trip to Hawaii? And he goes, Oh, Coach Peterson 
Coach Peterson made a rule because of me. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, I was down on the beach, walking around the beach. I stepped on a, she- uh, uh, a shell, and I cut my foot. Oh. And I had to have it all taped up before the game, and I ended up having one of my see, worst games. See, that never happens to normal people. No. Athletes always get the weirdest injuries. Like they slip in the shower <laughs> or they know. cut themselves. I mean, uh, it's crazy stuff. All right, so more on Texans practice in a moment, but I have to hit this top of the show because – Monday Night Football last night, a few notes on the broadcast in just a moment. Okay. Which we know is not an easy thing to do, doing a good broadcast. But some notes on that in just a moment. I do want to talk about Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, this is a big game for the Texans early. Second division game on their schedule. Mm -hmm. Third road game. Three out of the first four games are on the road for the Houston Texans. Patriots, Titans, then you're home for the Giants, then you go to the Colts. So I was eager to see what the Colts looked like. Now, it's only preseason week two for them. And we'll see yep. how they improve. But they did not look very good to me. And Andrew Luck did not look very good to me. Now, I know it's early. Right. He's coming back. I mean, if he was just starting to throw a, an NFL football in July or whatever it was, I can't expect much here in August, August 20th last night. I can't expect much out of him at that point. And with the receivers, the timing and everything, Johnny, it's not like they're loaded. This is not the Colts of old here. They've got a lot of work to do to that yep. roster. And I know you know Chris Ballard, but it, I'm thinking this for him. they got to give him time because yeah, this thing needs at least another year. And I'm okay with that as a Texan. <laughs> yeah, I'm too. I think this thing bottomed out, to be honest with you. I know they were winning games, but it just all coincided with bad drafts under mm-hmm. Ryan Grigson. And they Horrible squeezed, drafts. They squeezed every ounce of juice they could out of Andrew Luck for those years to get wins. And, and Matt Hasselbeck. Right. I it, mean, I think Chuck Pagano did a better job with that other special teams play aside. Who was that who took the snap directly? Griff from, Whalen. Griff Whalen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Was that What was that? Was that a punt formation thing? It was a punt formation yeah. thing. Oh, gosh. I, ew, man, that man. aside, I thought oh. Pagano did a pretty decent job with I, a roster that was deteriorating before his eyes. I do not disagree with you. I think you're dead on with that. I, I felt like it was – it really was. I think it was really deteriorating over the years, and I think it reached its its valley last year with no luck. And, yeah, look, Jacoby did a nice job, and Jacoby keeps beating us, and but – the team that he beat last year in Lucas Oil was a shell of what we were. And even here, this team was going over. It had post-traumatic stress syndrome right. Right. after losing to Sean Watson a couple of days earlier for the year. I'm with you. I I think Andrew will get back to a point. I, I just think, I think that organization is really – I think it's a year away from being, hey, man, check out the Colts. Oh, okay. I think it's a year away from that. I think it's a couple years away from really being a factor in this division. I went and watched uh, the Titans today. I watched the Titans against the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Same thing. I did not walk out of there impressed at all. Really? I did not. I did not at all. Was, I, was Rabel losing his mind? No, no. It just. It, I just watched him. And I was like, ah, I just don't see it. I mean. Fitzy's missing. I mean, Fitzy's playing quarterback for the Buccaneers, and he's missing wide open crossers on third down. It, it, you know, Fitzy did not play a clean game. Then Jameis comes in, and Jameis just starts slicing him up. But he was yeah. already against the number twos at that point, so he should. But I just didn't walk. I walked out of there like I walked out of my office after watching them. I watched just the first half because I didn't really yeah. see the threes. I just wasn't really impressed with them. But the Colts, I'm watching last night, thinking, "Yikes! If he doesn't throw to Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron." Mm-hmm. And T.Y. Hilton's banged up right now. So who's he throwing to? I mean, Chester Rogers was his go-to receiver. And I like Chester. 
But Chester needs to be your three or four. Right. Ch- Chester's going to be Chester's hard pressed to be number five or six here. Here. Yeah. So he's he's struggling there. The other struggle is running game wise. I don't know what I don't know what they. I think Marlon Mack is banged up. Naeem Hines fumbles a kickoff. I don't know what they're doing. They have really nobody to go to in the run game whatsoever. So if if luck, if I mean if if I'm facing the Colts, I'm saying pff, you can run a ball all you want. Mm-hmm. You're not going to run it. Right. You can run the ball all you want. Go ahead. You can keep pounding it down. You're just not going to be able make to do it effectively. Make luck beat you is the goal here. I'd make luck throw it 45 times, which mm-hmm. sounds weird. But at that point, I would just let them run because they're not going to. They're eventually going to go back to, to Andrew throwing the football. And at that point, you're bringing blitzes. You're bringing twists. You're bringing stunts. You're bringing everybody yeah, at that because point. Because the old line won't be able to handle it. Yeah, I don't it. think they're going to be able to handle it. they got yeah. two rookies up front right now, and they're, very, they're going to be very good. That's the thing. Get them now. Yeah, get them now because in a couple of years they could be pretty salty. Well, I'll tell you what, the Jags. Have you watched them much this preseason? I watched them against the Vikings, and defensively, I, you look they're the same as last year. Mm-hmm. They're the exact same as last year. They will turn around, and hand the ball to Fournette. They'll give it to Fournette. Bortles is going to make some mistakes, but then he's going to make a couple plays where you're like, there aren't many quarterbacks that can make. He had a scramble against the Vikings where you're like, he gets it all the way down to the one. It's third and it's third and like thirteen, third and goal from the thirteen. Yeah, and he almost runs the thing in. He's a good runner. I mean, he's done that, that to us here. a million times. Yeah. So he finds a way to make a play. You know who had him to a T was Jalen Ramsey. Jalen was like, Blake, do what he got to do, which is exactly <laughs> what he – I mean, that's exactly what he is. He, yeah. he, he just does that. He just does enough where you go, hmm, okay, I see it. I still think Buffalo didn't exactly have them on the ropes. No. But they had them in a situation where Jacksonville was ripe to go down right. in that early playoff round. Yep. And then Jacksonville got super hot on defense. Yep. Uh, and against the Patriots, obviously not so hot on defense, but they did enough to win the football game. Yep. Or uh, the Patriots did enough to win the football game against them. Uh, this, to me, though, is the team to watch. And I think, as you say, the Colts might rise up if they do the right thing through the draft. Jacksonville's window will close quickly if they yes. don't draft well, yes. obviously, because it's free agent based. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. And I heard an interview with Bortles where he said, I'm throwing pain free for the first time in years. He's been playing in pain. And I don't think he was using it in his defense as an excuse. It just kind of caught my ear. And I mm-hmm. thought, I'm going to pay attention to what happens. I, I will anyway, yeah. but I'm going to keep that in mind as I pay attention to what happens to them. You know, it's interesting when a quarterback or an offense doesn't really. And Blake did in the playoff game. In the playoffs, I thought, he, other than the Bills game, I thought he he picked them up at key times and made some really good throws. Mm-hmm. But I always wonder when an offense isn't kind of, especially with that defense, those guys are boisterous, they're loud, they're obnoxious. Yep. And I always kind of wondered why they never really pointed fingers at the offense. But I wonder if at some point they didn't have respect for Blake because they realized he's a tough dude. Yeah, like he's a tough, he's maybe. a tough guy. If they knew he was going through some injury stuff and he maybe played so. through it, and they yeah. were winning, that's good stuff for them. And I hope it doesn't last. So let's get to this. Brennan Scarlett's going to be on the program. We mentioned some of the other guys, Angelo Blackson, and also Drew Doherty catching up with Jay Prosh with Drew's Dirty Dozen. It's all coming up. Plus, some thoughts on the roster. Some of our latest thoughts as to what might go down when they hit the final fifty-three a week from Friday or Saturday. It's Texans All Access.
Keeping you company, Mark Vanderveer, John Harris with you on Texans Radio. Great to have you aboard tonight. And let's talk about this roster, Johnny, as the Texans will hit the final 53 a week from Friday or Saturday. I think they'll make cuts Friday and Saturday, or they'll announce the final roster on Saturday. I think they like to get everybody out on Friday because what you want to do is make your cuts, then see if anybody else passes through waivers that you might want to pick up along the way and take it from there. But... Some interesting battles. I mean, I think it's all the stuff we've been talking about when you look at how many wide receivers they might keep. Mm-hmm. Is Braxton Miller going to be on the team for sure? What about a Vincent Smith who made the big touchdown catch at the end of the game? Things like that. And then you look at the running back department. We still don't know about Deontay Foreman. We know that we like Troy Main Pope. Didn't like some of the things the other night. He's probably looking for a real good showing on Saturday to lock it up for him to be on the final 53 but I think those two groups are really interesting along with the tight ends yeah those are the ones we've been talking about for a while and I think another one comes down to who ends up being the fourth and or fifth corner depending on how many guys they're going to carry at that position and maybe they only carry four because Kareem Jackson has played corner they could go to him in a pinch if they needed to they could put Matthew in the slot if they had to if they needed to they could do that so maybe there's some flexibility there with the guys that play safety mm-hmm. I, I I've said this about Kareem I'd like for Kareem to stay at safety I, I feel like he's getting more and more comfortable by the day back there and of course you got Justin Reed um, and Tyron so I, I still think you keep five corners but again some of this may come down to and we and, and again we've said this a million times but I just feel like this year in particular, because the special teams have not been at a high level at where Bill O'Brien wants in the last few years, that special teams plays an even more important role than ever before. I feel like they spend as much time on special teams as they do on offense and defense. Yep. It feels like that's I, – I know that's not the case probably, right. but it feels like more emphasis this year. And I think Brad Seeley, him being a three-decade guy in this league yep. – certainly has the ear and the respect of Bill O'Brien, and they're just taking whatever measures they need to take to get better at that department. It's so important. Field position, obviously crucial. Yeah, there's no question. And I think to get that area right, and so it was interesting because, I, Mark, I'm glad you brought this up. I saw this, I saw an article, and I think it was on Patriots Football Weekly. It may have been Andy or it may have been Paul's article. I can't remember which, but they, they came up with a 53-man roster. And I thought it was really interesting the way that they broke down the various groups, mm-hmm. position groups. So as they're breaking it down, they get to the very they get to the very bottom of the article and they just said special teams. Not specialist, it says special teams. Mm-hmm. And it said four. And it had four guys. It had uh, Nate Ebner, Matthew Slater, and then there were two other guys. I can't remember who they were. Are those guys like 50 years old by now? It feels like it, but they're strictly – special teams guys and so as they went through the 53 it was just four guys that were completely and solely core four special teamers and it was interesting the way that they broke the roster down that they added that because I've been thinking about that with the Texans that okay which guys do you do we sort of take out of kind of the position consideration and just think about them as special teams guys I mean, we know guys that are going to be on special teams. We know Brian Peters is going to be on special teams. We know that Johnson Batamos is going to be on special teams. Duke Edgefor is going to be on special Duke teams. Duke Edgefor is going to be on special teams. Now, I would think, especially Batamos and Edgefor, they're going to be in consideration for those positions. Brian doesn't get as much time at inside linebacker. He has in preseason. but He's he here for special teams. He's here for special teams. And he'll be the first to tell you that. Right. In fact, we're going to hear from him later in the show. He's here for special teams. Mm-hmm. What other guys can we make? 
that case for. Now, New England, now in their consideration, they were saying four. Ebner and Slater have always been all about special teams. So I'm curious to see if somebody does make it that really is not going to be considered for playing time, but is going to be one of the 46 because you're putting them on all four special teams. I'm telling you right now, whoever is the fourth and fifth wide receiver, and I can't exactly tell you who that's going to be, but they will play special teams. They will do it. Have to. I think there are going to be some guys that end up getting released that we go, wow, man, holy smokes, didn't see that one coming. Or that's a bit of a surprise. Or, hey, that guy played for us for the last two or three years. Well, I think you'll get some of those. You'll, you'll get yeah. some of Because on the D-line, for instance, and Angelo Blackson, who you'll catch up with yeah. later in the show, he is the type of player who you know can make some plays and mm-hmm. you know he's reliable. The thing is he's not as good as the front three they've right. got up there. And if he gets cut, you'll say, that's not unexpected. But let's say he makes it, and then all of a sudden a Joel Heath is available right. to other teams. Then right. you say, whoa, that that's not a shocker, but that's certainly something that's going to open your eyes a little bit. Yeah, I, I just I feel like there's going to be one, maybe even two, where you go, whoa, mm-hmm. I didn't expect that one. Well, and I think that just is a result of – it's a result of – I think better depth at at key positions and not as much depth at other positions. I think Martinez' ranking coming back on the offensive line Yeah, we weren't even factoring him in in some of our own line counts. I know, I know. And now it's like, okay, well, do they keep four tackles? Mm -hmm. If they're they're keeping four tackles, do you keep Kendall Lamb or do you keep Chris uh, Chad Slade because Slade can play guard and tackle? Like, how do you go about that? So – you know, it's a huge week or two weeks for Lamb. Uh, yeah, it, it really so. is. I think it's a big. I think it's a big week for all of the second level offensive linemen. Yeah, massive week. I think there's still not a ton of separation amongst those guys. To me, but now the coaching staff might feel differently. But it just feels like there's not much separation. Well, and now all of a sudden, here comes rookie Martinez Rank, and you know Rank is going to be on the roster. Yeah, well, you know there, all right. So the there are six. The the first five, five. they're safe. Mance is a lock. Mance He's a Rankin. lock. That's seven. There's How many seven. are you carrying? Uh, no more than ten, maybe nine. So there's two spots for you. And now it becomes difficult. Quesenberry, Fuller, who? Slade, Slade, like you said, can I play mean, a little bit of tackle on a pinch. Lamb, right on the bubble in that case. Yeah. If they keep 10, maybe. If they don't, uh, it's going to be tough. And he's been through it before, so we'll see. Now, here's another one for you. Jay Prosh. Because Jay Prosh plays fullback, but how often are they really going to use the fullback in this offense? Yep. And they don't use it that much in a Tom Savage, Brandon Whedon-led offense. They do maybe 30%. I don't know what the pro football focus snap count numbers right. are, but it's not a ton. And now you got Watson, and I got a feeling that it's not that much with Watson. It's hardly even close to those other guys. So yep. we'll see how that affects him. Now he does play special teams, which is nice for him. But he's a good dude. He's been around here since 2014, and we'll see how it plays out. Drew Doherty had a chance to visit with the Texans fullback for Drew's Dirty Dozen Questions. Thanks a lot, fellas. we got fullback Jay Prosh here. And, Jay, how have the first couple preseason games gone for you? Pretty good. Kansas City definitely had a good game. We ran the ball a lot, so I got to see you know, a lot of lead blocking, which I enjoyed. Last week's game didn't get as much play time, but it was still you know a good game, good experience, and um, always trying to do my best, so it was good. How have you evolved since your, your first year in? Here. Definitely changed a lot. You know, when I first came in, I was kind of just a headhunting type guy. And I think the years I've evolved a little bit, become more of an athletic guy, uh, special teams guy, you know, things like that. So just do more. Special teams has changed quite a bit this year in particular. 
both rules-wise and coaching-wise. What have you seen different under Coach Seeley? Uh, Coach Seeley is a man. He, uh, he's got his stuff down. So I think this year we're going to be much better on special teams, a lot more discipline, and I uh, know what we're doing. So um, he brings a lot to the table. All right, time to do a dirty dozen. Let's start with your best football trait. What is it? I've, I would say my toughness, uh, my strength. What's your most improved football trait this offseason? I would say my movement. I uh, worked on my hips a lot this offseason. Um, that's something that Luke does with us a lot, so I feel like I have better, you know, stronger movement laterally. Which teammate talks the most trash? I would have to probably say Jordan Thomas. Really? A rookie, huh? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a talker, uh, but he, you know, he's a motivator too, so it goes both ways. That's interesting you bring that up. Which teammate gets you the most amped up? Probably Greg Mance. That's fun you say that because everyone that blocks predominantly, so offensive lineman you they've all said him yeah he's been breaking us down he broke us down the past two weeks before the game and he's been getting really really intense with it so it's it's nice to see some passion you know uh kind of gets everybody going now conversely who calms you down the most which teammate does that I'd have to say Dre Howe. Dre Howe, he's just a guy. He's composed. He's not, you know, too much of a screamering guy, but, you know, when he's on the field, he gets things done. And uh, so when I just see Dre, I know, like, everything's okay. It's going to be all right. Speaking of Dre, how cool has it been seeing him out on the field, working out at times with you guys, given what's going on with him? Yeah, like I said, he, he's got his stuff together. You know, he, he, um, he's a, a man with a mission, and um, he's, he's an inspiration to us all. So it's, it's great to see him out here. All right, who's got the best hair on the team? I would say Ben Heaney, but he cut it. So right now I'd have to say Pruitt. Michael Pruitt, okay. Yeah. Not not too many people have said him. That's a good one. He let it loose a few days ago, uh, different from I guess he had it like braided or something, and uh, it was just a new look, so it kind of shocked everybody. Who dresses the best on the team? Who dresses the best? I guess I have to say Deshaun. Deshaun is always – I don't know if I understand his style completely, but he definitely goes all out, and I can appreciate it. That's good of you because most people, when they don't understand something, they hate it. You take it the other way. That's, that's open-minded of you. Right, yeah. Breakfast for camp, for during training camp or before practice is what? For me, personally, uh, eggs, hash browns, a couple pieces of bacon, and some oatmeal. Okay, how are the eggs cooked? Scramble. If you could play any other position in the NFL, what would it be? I think I would really enjoy playing quarterback because I'm a guy who doesn't really get the ball much, doesn't really get a lot of spotlight. So I, I would think it would be a lot of fun to be able to touch the ball every play, make decisions that affect the game, you know, things like that. So I think that would be cool. Would you like me to lobby O'Brien for some fullback passes? For sure, yeah. I appreciate that. Okay. I don't think I'll do that, actually. Favorite retired NFL player of all time is? I'd have to say Brian Erlager. He's just one of those guys, like, when I was growing up, kind of getting into football that was, you know, a headhunter back in the day. And so that's kind of like what I was looking to do. So I looked up to him, you know, enjoyed watching him play. Didn't really know much about the, the game too much at the time. But he was just a, a guy I looked up to. So um, looking back, that's probably who it would be. And now justifiably so, he is in Canton in the Hall of Fame. That's right. Well, hey, Jay Prosh, thanks so much for the time and best of luck. Appreciate it. Thank you. There's Drew Doherty with Jay Prosh. And I always think, Johnny, that the fullback is sort of underutilized by a lot of NFL teams. You know, Kyle Juszczyk is a guy that the Vikings used a lot now. He's with San Francisco. You get the feeling they'll use him. But I remember when Vontae Leach was here, and he was a future pro bowler, and he couldn't buy a carry for a while. I mean, it was very difficult. It's tough for these guys to get time. And I get it because you have so many other weapons you want to use as an offensive coordinator. But, hey, they do have some things they can bring to the table. I mean, the game has changed so significantly. I mean, the other night, against the 49ers the Texans didn't use a fullback once now wow. there was a there was a guy lined up in the fullback position but mm-hmm. it was more a guy it was more tight it was tight ends yeah we call them tight ends but it was more kind of an h back yep. type 
guy, and we've seen Griff in that position before. We saw CJ in that position before. Saw Andre George Johnson Thomas. had done it once upon a time. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, you do it with a receiver because you're looking to try and create some sort of matchup. You're trying mm-hmm. to to lose a defender in the in the chaos, and then he all of a sudden shoots out to the flat, and Andre's wide open. That's that's one thing. There's just you could put a lot of different bodies in there. I think. Th- that one, that Jay, the Jay Prosh decision, the fullback decision, I think is really interesting. I think people think, well, you know, you got to have a fullback, right? You got to have a full, uh, short yardage, you know. You know, and hey, but, short yardage. The other night they spread them out on fourth I'm, inches. You're reading my mind. That's exactly what I was thinking. Is that hey, short yardage from henceforth? I, like why? I, I I've never understood, okay, we need 36 inches. Let's just get all 11 of our guys and let's put them in about a 10-yard box and let's just push. Push. I mean, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't... I'll tell you what, with Watson at quarterback, Johnny, if my life depends on it and it's fourth and short and I got to go for it, what would I ra- What would I rather do? Bill O'Brien said, Vandermeer, what do you want here? Yeah. This is your call. Spread them out. Let number four make a play. I'll I mean, trust his de- – and I know that it's old-school football, the old line come on, get a yard. If yeah. you can't get a yard, you don't deserve to win the game. But, hey, it's tough, man. They get paid on the other side, too, and yeah. sometimes they're really good on that side. Yep. Like the guys this weekend – like the guys last weekend are really good, the 49ers yep. interior defensive linemen. You want to hear something that's weird, though? What? You know what I wouldn't run when I get short yardage? Mm-hmm. Quarterback sneak. No, no, don't do that. Well, you know why? I don't think Deshaun's ever done it. Oh, really? Well, think about it. He's been in the shotgun his entire career. He's probably done draws, but not sneaks. Right. A he's sneak never, is a different sneak's deal. Sneak's a different animal altogether. Mm-hmm. And plus, the last time we ran quarterback sneak, so we got a concussion. Uh, so I don't no, it's about. bad luck for this team. Schaub yeah. in 2011, Tampa Bay, Savage in 2016. Don't get me started. Okay, quick notes here. Monday Night Football broadcast, your thoughts. I think that Booger's going to take over and be the star. Wow. If there is if there is a star. I mean, I Do you think they got Romo Fever signing Witten? A little bit. A little bit. Look, I think Jason's fine, but he's just there's there's not much. It's a tough spot, man. I I do believe you know how this league is. I know. Yeah, just like watching that success as a rookie, too. they're going to play more rookie quarterbacks now. Romo had success as a right. rookie, number one color analyst. Mm-hmm. Now they give Witten this gig. I think Mike Mayock has a point for sure. And look, it's hard. It's really hard to be a color commentator. It's harder than a play by play job for sure. You got to be brilliant in 12 seconds. It's difficult. You got to give these guys time to gel. But guess what? You're evaluating them, and I always say this on broadcasts. You're evaluated on what you do day one. You know, Matt I, Taylor, who did the Colts play-by-play last night for Bob Lamy, evaluated night number one. I don't even know how he did, but I want I wanted to listen. So you're to right because it. I mean, it's per, it's the perception reality thing. Right. You make one mistake in that first broadcast, and it's like, yep. Eh, I mean, that's but that's the way we are yep. now as a society. We listen for that first broadcast and kind of make our assessments off that. I think Witten will get better. Mm-hmm. I think Booger's very good. But here's the thing. Booger's been doing radio. Yeah. He's done games. He's done analysis he's on television. Talker. Yes, he's done that. Jason's never done that. He just yeah. came straight off the field. Yeah. He did some interviews and sounded good, but there's such a difference in doing a great interview as a player to all of a sudden telling somebody what happened in the game and being entertaining in the same yeah. in the same vein. It's hard. And that's it's hard. it takes a while. So, I'm going to give Witten some time. But I think Booger could end up being the guy. And I was I was very interested in how they used him. I mean, Wynn's in the booth. So I figured, well, you know, Booger's, Booger's going to be used the way that, that you throw it down to me. You'll throw it down to me two or three times a quarter. Yeah. And I don't do as much reporting as I do just, okay, here's what I'm seeing. Kind of get, right. you know, Dre going on something and get we kind of discuss something. You. Yeah. So I thought that's the way they were used. He literally was the third guy in the booth. Yeah. But he was down on the – 
the See, rolling I think, camera. I think if they weird. put if they put them in the booth, the chemistry will be better. If they're all in the same I think room so too. together, that's how I. I feel. think so too. I agree with that. All right, I think coming up, well, we got a triple threat. Sorry to steal the show name, boys, from the afternoon show from Sports Radio <laughs> Six Ten. Triple threat of interviews with Angelo Blackson, Brian Peters, and Brennan Scarlett. Coming up on Texans All Access. It's Texans All Access. Mark Vandermeer with you. Thanks to Johnny for being on the show, but he'll be back on the show in just a moment here. As first, I said we'll have three interviews, quickies, two minutes with a Texan. What about Brennan Scarlett, outside linebacker, entering year three? I visited with him after practice, and yeah, he's much more of a veteran now after bursting on the scene a couple of years ago in the preseason. It's really, uh, there's a little differences here and there, but it's more the same, really. You know, I come in with the mindset that, you know, just work every day, get better. And uh, do whatever I can to, you know, to carve out uh, the role that, that's best for me here. What about being an undrafted guy? Is that always in the back of your mind as a motivator? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's that certain chip on my shoulder that'll always be there. You know, uh, I wasn't expected to make it. You know, is what is kind of you know what I what I feel. And so uh, every day I come out here and, and prove those doubters wrong. What's it like going up against this offense, and particularly the guys you're going up against on the line? It's been really good uh, going against uh, you know guys like Chantrell and and Julian, you know talented offensive tackles. You know, getting just getting better every day. You know, having that talent across from me, uh, it makes me better. Now you're coached by John Pagano, outside linebackers. But what is it like in the entire linebacker room? How do you guys handle all that dynamic of the linebackers as a whole? Yeah, uh, it's it's a great dynamic right now. We're uh, we're all real close. You know, Pags works with uh, outside linebackers mostly, and uh, Bobby will work with the inside backers, and we'll come together uh, for game plan stuff. So it's been good. You know, we got a good good room and, and good camaraderie. When you're an outside backer, are you also sort of an honorary defensive lineman since you're up on the line so much? There's a little bit of both, yeah. So there's a good relationship with the D line, you know, especially when we go in some of our uh, our second, third down packages, you know, and work with them in games and, 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 and stuff like that. So there's a there's definitely that uh, that brotherhood right there. Uh, you played your ball at Cal and Stanford, so a little bit northern California mm-hmm. participation there. What about being in Southern California for this game? Any California homecoming feelings for you? Uh, a little bit. You know, just going back to the West Coast is always nice. You know, born and raised on the West Coast and then went to school out there too. So, you know, L.A. is is close to home. I'll have some family out there, which will be nice. And, uh, you know, it, it's always perfect weather out there too, so I'm looking forward to that. How do you like being here in the bubble? Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. It's nice in here. But, uh, you know, getting that work out in the heat, it's not too bad either. You know, you get you get that extra work. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Brennan. Yeah. Thank you. Nice to have practice at the Houston Methodist Training Center in the bubble today. All right. Let's get to it. Angelo Blackson had a sack in game one of the preseason this year. John Harris caught up with him after practice. Let me talk to you about the, the defensive line room, the group that you're in. And you obviously are, are part of it. It feels like it's one of the tighter groups I've seen since mm-hmm. I've been here. What makes that room so special? Um, just the camaraderie. You know, we um, we do a lot of things together, you know, whether if it's outside of football, whether if it's, you know, coming in, watching film together or, you know, rehabbing together. We do it. Everything we try to incorporate guys into it. So, 
you know, we're just building a connection that, you know, you know, we got each other. Okay, so I'm watching practice the other day, and you're tearing up pretty good against the 49ers. And mm-hmm. every rep I hear, I hear somebody behind me going, nice rep, 97. Is there a significant other that tends to follow you around and watch your practice? She seemed to be pretty interested in what you had going on. Is she kind of the coach at home? She watched film with you? Definitely, definitely. You know, I got to keep, you know, my sources and, you know, always got to keep my reasonings and why I keep going. So, definitely. No, it's definitely mine as definitely. well. All right, let's do a little word association, okay? All right, follow me on this. Yep. Jadeveon Clowney. Amazing. I mean, that, that, I mean, it's a baller, man. I just, it, it ain't nothing you can say about Jadeveon, man. He's just rest him up and then let him go. Turn him loose. Christian Covington. Smart, physical, durable. He's going to be there. Dependable. DJ Reader. Tough. I mean, just, just a blue-collar guy, man. Just don't care about the shine. He's going to get it done for you. Kick six. Hey, man, it's just it's good to be a part of it, man. It's good to go through that, experience that with some of the guys that I experienced it with. A lot of them here, at, you know, with, on this team right now. So, I mean, it's just amazing. What's it like to be able to come here? And obviously you were here last year, but to be able to come here with such Tiger representation in this building. I mean, just to see familiar faces, that'd be pretty good for you. It's great, man. It's a, you know, a lot of them guys that were in my class, we came in together. So we went through them, them struggles together as freshmen. And then we went through them struggles together going throughout the four years and academics and all those different things. It was good to kind of reconnect with a lot of them guys. As you headed into this training camp, what what did you want to prove to the coaching staff, to the organization? And do you feel like through the first few weeks, like I feel like you've done that? My biggest thing was to just be consistent, you know, make the plays that I'm supposed to make and do the things that I'm supposed to do. And the one thing about me is, is I'm always going to be there available. You know, that's, that's you know, what I pride myself on is, is being available. Angelo, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. John Harris with Angelo Blackson now. D.P. Sidhu visits with Brian Peters and Dylan Cole invades the interview. Let's listen in. Brian, year four for you, obviously. You made your your bread and butter off of special teams. What's it been like for you now, year four in the system? It's a little bit different with Brad Seeley there, but how much has special teams really evolved this offseason? Uh, everything's changed uh, since I got in here, and we've continued to grow as a group from my first year to my fourth year now. Now we have some great leadership with uh, Brad Seeley and his systems. Uh, they're very... Uh, particular and they're, they're proven so it's good to have this uh, installed system in and obviously the guys are learning the system but we have an incredible group of special teamers from top to bottom we have guys that have been here for three years and the new additions in the last year and two and especially with the the year two young guys that just the, the the level of importance of guys how, how they take special teams and just the talent on special teams overall has just grown exponentially so super excited for this year yeah a lot of emphasis on special teams johnson batamosi you and him shared a, re- a record a few years back right yeah, like, yeah. tied for most special teams tackles you've got him back there uh, what's that like, you know, just integrating with the new the new guys in the special teams? The new guys, I mean, obviously Batty, uh, hyper-competitive. Oh, Batty, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just hyper-competitive guy. And that's what we have in the group. I mean, obviously between, obviously, Dylan, Scarlett, uh, Heaney, Drum, like everybody's just hyper-competitive. And then that kind of just, everyone pushes each other. And I think competition breeds excellence. So that's why we uh, we have such a good group. You have such a good story. You're coming out of Northwestern. You were look, looking for jobs and you sent out your, your reels to everybody. Uh, do you ever, in your special teams meetings i know sometimes they have guys come up and tell their stories but is that something that you've shared with some of the other undrafteds in the room people just trying to make the the squad yeah i mean obviously i do that 
one on one with guys whenever I, I, I can dish it out. But then the past three years, we the special teams meetings prior to games and that kind of thing. At the end of the, like the I guess the review, uh, someone come and spoke, and I've done that the last three years. So the majority of guys here know my story. But the, cra- the craziest thing and the best thing about our team is everybody has a story. We have guys starting to share at the end of team meetings now, and you see guys that have been through incredible amounts of adversity and have come out on top and gained perspective and passed that perspective along to the guys. And that's been, so like as much as I think I have a cool story, you see guys that have gone through more crap and then other guys have gone through different versions of the same stuff. So it's just it's cool to see and makes it everybody more relatable, especially, I guess, some of the bigger names on the team, that kind of thing. Yeah, you've all battled through adversity in your own ways. Uh, what about for you? I feel like you're always sort of looking for that extra edge to make yourself better. I know you've talked about the underwater breathing. I was joking with you if you're able to hold your breath for four minutes yet, but, you know, what's... What is it for you behind all these different things that you're trying? Is it to make your game better? Is it just a passion of yours? You know, tell me about some of the th- these things that you're working on. I mean, the goal is obviously optimal performance, uh, recovery by any means necessary, because that's all your, uh, I guess, your gains. I, I, I just like saying gains. Uh, the gains bro, is just, a fun word the, to the, say. The, the bro I my, say it too. Yeah, the bro in my heart says it. <laughs> but um, just uh, <laughs> muscle, muscle gain, muscle recovery, <laughs> all that stuff is just uh, chasing edges, whether it's, um, different therapies, acupuncture, whether it's uh, cold tubbing up to my neck, that's where I get a lot of the crazy looks and that kind of thing. But <laughs> again, I'm just chasing edges to where I can get five, ten percent better on this, this, and this. If it's uh, acupuncture or massage therapy, it's just, again, like I'm just trying to live the dream as long as I can. And the only way I know how to do that is uh, improve. Uh, my work ethic and improve my muscle recovery. I feel like you're always on the cutting edge of like new technology and new <laughs> and new fads out there. Is there one out there in particular that you think is going to be really big soon? Um, <coughs> I'm a fan of red light therapy. <coughs> Excuse me, red light therapy right now. You get all choked up thinking yeah, about no, it. No, no, uh, yeah, su- super sentimental about <laughs> muscle recovery. But uh, I have a red light panel in my house. Uh, helps with muscle recovery and uh, a little bit of t- uh, testosterone boosting for muscle recovery. Same concept. But then the red light goes on. What? what how does that light, work? It's a red light panel. Um, it's from a company called Juve, J-O-V-V, something like that. But it's, uh, yeah, so I, I stand six inches away from uh, the panel, uh, four minutes on each side. Uh, again, just chasing edges. Nope. Yeah. Hold on. Good yeah. stuff. Were We're talking about- that, were you the one that asked some questions, the 10 questions, and he said my fade was terrible? No. That uh, was Drew, actually. No, and you, okay, first and you, off, look at my fade right now. Because you went to my barber. Not your barber. It's Jack's barber. Jack's barber. And sometimes but, but, you go but, to the wrong but, barber. But, 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 I, but I, got, I got you in on that day. I wouldn't say you got me. I say I say he was like, "Hey, what's up, man? You look you look like you need to pay." And I was like, "Yeah, I do." <laughs> it was Dylan, one day. Dylan Dylan, cool. He doesn't seem salty at all about this. Don't let don't let one bad haircut. One two, bad day. Two. Okay, it was two. There's it was two. also West Virginia. It's hard to get a good fade in West Actually, Virginia. Oh, now. I came back here. <laughs> he came back to his guy and got that fade. And. And it, yeah, it just didn't go. It didn't go as quite. It didn't as well. go as planned. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I mean that happens. We all have bad. bad we, we learned. I don't think. Days. I don't think you can call me out on that. I mean, my, my fate is beautiful. I, I'm. It's more. It's. It's better blended than like H two O. Think about that. To get out of here, the hydrogen. Look at this face. Well, I think you need to put that on a T-shirt. You just had two hydrogen, no oxygen. Now you're blended up. Get out of here. Right. Our red light therapy, good stuff. I don't, yeah, I don't even yeah. think I can top that, actually. No, uh, no. So yeah. it's good that they listen to our content. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, no. Uh, obviously, yeah, no. The red light. Then, other than that, again, I don't, I don't do anything too or like out of the ordinary. But I just do it in a regiment to where I think it works for myself, and, that, and that's all you can do. At the end of the day, like some people say, 
X, Y, and Z are placebo effect, X, Y, and Z are proven, contrasting versus only cold tubbing, sauna, all that kind of stuff. Like, again, at the end of the day, as long as you feel good and if you're going into competition with the right mindset and the right body, it, I, I say go, do anything by any means necessary. I don't care if you got to – I'm not going to make up things. We go. Hey, <laughs> I get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Just You're trying to get whatever edge yeah. you can. All right, it's preseason. So week three, heading into preseason games. How about for you? How special is it to go out there and, and show what you got? I know you make the most of every opportunity you get. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, game three is uh, traditionally more of like a dress rehearsal for game week. A um, little bit more game planning and that kind of thing. But really, at the end of the day, it's it's pretty basic football for all the guys. Ones, twos, and threes. Everybody usually gets a chance to play in this game. So, again, it's just an opportunity to play football professionally. So you got to be grateful for that and bring your A game. All right, good stuff. And by the way, if we ever have a caption contest, can you just enter? Because your <laughs> captions are the be- better than anything we ever come up with. Uh, w- me and Scar enjoy it. Like we, It's kind of like a little battle. And we, we, we troll each other on Instagram, too. So that's kind of where it came from. So now it's just uh, who, who can match this the better. It's just it's, it's entertaining. You need to take over Insta for a day or something. Let, you, let great me, work. Great let work. Me, let I, me. Let I me. Let me. I, I think I know some people. Cool. Brian yeah. Peters, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. DP City with Brian Peters, a little Dylan Cole as well. That is going to do it for the show tonight. Thanks to everyone for contributing. Thank you, Joseph, for producing. We'll be back on tomorrow night at 6. Don't forget the game at 3 o'clock on Saturday, ABC 13, and of course, right here on Sports Radio 610. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Texans!